Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All coaches aspire to be champions, and this time of year is when you set that vision for your team. By now, listeners of this podcast know about signature championship rings and have met some of the signature champion coaches who partner with them to celebrate their achievements. Reputable, affordable, first-class customer service are just some of the ways we keep hearing coaches describe signature championship rings. So as you're ramping up this summer for the upcoming season, create a championship vision for your team now using the design tool at signaturechampions.com podcast. Give your team a visual to motivate their pursuit of a championship in 2024. And when your team has a championship moment to celebrate, we highly recommend consulting with Signature Championship Rings. One piece of advice that I did get a a while ago was, it was actually after I got let go one time was don't mess with happiness. Like it's hard to find happiness. Like how do you grow within being happy? And still as coaches, we're all chasing a golden ring. What's the pinnacle? Can you get to the pinnacle within what your mind frame of happiness is? We're back for another episode in our Teachable Moments series and another great one here. And what I really like about this series with our guest host, Steve Hauser, and his guest who he has some relationships with, is it gives a unique perspective, a unique look into a coaching journey and things that are learned along the way. And you know what Steve brings to the table, uh, at least with most of these guests, is he was there for part of that journey and developed those relationships and then stayed in touch and really kept up with what was happening in that coach's life. So he has a deep understanding of what this particular coach is going through and really draws out some of the, as we say, teachable moments that we can all apply regardless of where we're at in our career. So Steve, it's great to have you back again for another week and again, another impactful episode here. This one with Bodie Reader, offensive coordinator at UNI. Yeah, Keith, it's really fun to go back and re-listen to these. Bodie's a guy who just tries to do things the right way. And it started when Bodie was taking over my job when I left for another position three days before fall camp. And he talks about that rawness and newness of coming into a thing from being a D3 coordinator to being the QC for offensive coordinator that not only does Bodie have to learn how the building operates, but learn the offense and make sure it can be digestible for people in real time. Because that first game like went from being the D3 coordinator and I think his line was most parents and, and some girlfriends were in the crowd. And then you're going to play Jameis Winston in Jerry's world. So it's uh, the journey of what you worry about as a quote unquote young coach. And then you get into to a little bit more grown up life and there's peaks and valleys. And how do you learn from each of them? Yeah, definitely a, a lot of takeaways in this one. And be sure that you stay tuned for our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation after this interview with Steve Hauser and Bodie Reeder on Teachable Moments series presented by Teach Tapes. 
As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. We got Bodie Reader here. Bodie's my guy from the Stillwater days, um, the same room as figuring it out with Coach Dish. Um, we'll have Carson Kramer on here, who's at Clemson later, but these are the guys who've seen it, lived it, and uh, have come out the other side, as we've talked about. So, Bodie, thanks for jumping on, man. No problem. Uh, good to see you. Face. Really, more than anything, Bodie, getting down to what this is, is just being a person. You know, you've seen the ups and downs of this thing from behind the scenes. You're in the front of the stage with the team. Like, I'd love to just hear your thoughts of riding the wave of this, of, you know, UW Stout, right? Going to Eastern Washington, going to Auburn. Like, you've seen a bunch of different versions of college football. Where, what has your brain told you from this whole COVID experience on? I would say one is I've been extremely blessed in my career and I wouldn't even say that the highest of highs was the biggest blessings, but it was the experiences overall. So think back at like some of my happiest times as a coach was when I was at UW Stout and being a young coordinator, 24, 25 years old and teaching kinesiology and lining the fields for softball and doing play-by-play for men's basketball and working as an admissions counselor in the spring. And that was like a blast because I got a true experience for a full athletic department and meeting all the different young student athletes and interacting with them. That was as fun as it could be. And then you have different types of experiences like going to the sugar bowl and we had a backup quarterback win 12 games and took us to the national championship game at Eastern Washington and then been fired and had to kind of fight and scratch and claw on the way back. And it's the, collection experiences has been the blessing because I think that if you are naive and and you don't pick and choose from every spot that you go to and then try to apply it to your next job I think you're missing out on some great resources just from you know experiences and two is you better never take yourself too seriously and I don't want to use the words I me and mine too much but if I'm doing my job and people get to know me hopefully they know this isn't about me and what do we do with our offense or what do we do with our quarterbacks or our team or whatever it may be, I hopefully I'm the last name that comes to their mind because it ain't about me. And it's easily, 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 easily can in this profession can pump your ego up, but it only takes one small prick of the balloon to bring you back down to earth. And I think that being humble and being personable and, and realizing that it's about those young guys wearing the helmets, it's not about yourself. And I think that's, that's kind of what I've gathered. Great starting point, man. And I'll keep the serious stuff here because we got into the serious stuff early. But just my background with you, like I was lucky enough to be at your wedding and see your dad officiate that and know his background in football as a team chaplain at Illinois. Like what was just your moment of like, this is something I have to be around long term? Was it early? Was it at Stout? Was it when you were playing at Eastern? Like what was those that time? So my dad was my high school coach and 
he meant a lot to me, but didn't I didn't appreciate him until you're out of it, right? Until you're out of that kind of time in your life. Like, like when you're in it, it's like, yeah, dang, dad, can't we just eat dinner and not talk about, you know, freaking fourth down, like that type thing. But then I look back, I'm like, man, I had a dad that was involved in my life and my experiences, and that's pretty cool. But then just outside of my dad, like my basketball coach in high school, my baseball coach, Coach Bob Spoo and Roy Whitkey at Eastern Illinois. And the list goes on, like the positive male role models that I've had in my life have been coaches for what right, wrong or indifferent. They just have been. I can't name a teacher in high school that I was like, man, I'm going to grow up and be like that guy. Not great teachers, but that just wasn't what I connected to. The guys that had the biggest impact on me were coaches. And that's what I gravitated to. And I wanted to be, I was an average player at best. So, and I love the game and I wanted to stay in it. So what were my options? And I knew coaching was probably what I want to do. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I don't have a whole lot of other skills. Like, I can't, I'm not great at a whole lot of other things and not great at coaching, but like, I know I can't weld or drive a pickup truck or like farm or the, like, it was probably going to be coaching. So just dove into it and lucky to do it. The other side of it, now you're a dad. I mean, we were in our mid to late 20s in Stillwater and it was a different time, but like now you got crew and in, in Veda and you're at a place that is family, right? Coach Farley's been there a million years. It is what it is and it's his place. And I see your kids running around the dome and out at practice. Like, how have you been able to balance that side now as a true grown up established in not only your life, but the profession? And now you got little ones where you were before. One piece of advice that I did get a, a while ago was, it was actually after I got let go one time was don't mess with happiness. Like it's hard to find happiness. Like how do you grow within being happy? And still as coaches, we're all chasing a golden ring. What's the pinnacle? Can you get to the pinnacle within what your mind frame of happiness is? My mind frame of happiness is, can I dictate my own personal time? And I've been at places where it's like, yeah, I'm off, but I ain't off. You know, Like I'm yeah. off, but you're going to get in trouble if you don't answer the phone call, right? The first time. And we're at a place here at UNI where Coach Farley values people's personal time and it allows me to be a dad and allows me to help out around the house and things like that. And that is happiness to me. And then now, how do I you know, chase professional success within happiness? Because I just don't see myself being the man that I want to be knowing that I have to sleep on top of my phone because I got to hear that first ring, which I've been in that situation. And that's not great. Right. And I think that you earn happiness too, in regards to that respect to personal time. Like when I learned to early on look for work and be a problem solver on top of being a guy that looks for problems in whatever you're doing, instead of being a task oriented guy, like give me a task and I'll get it done. Well, just stop messing with me. I'm going to figure out a way to get it done. Right. And instead of like, Hey, where are we at on this and this and this and this and this? Well, I'm, I, I got to eat this first bite before I, you know, attack the second one. And I think that's important of earning your, your happiness too, is you got to show the people that you work for that you're going to go above and beyond the call of duty, but you don't want to be looking over your shoulder all the time either. Bodie, I'll say this. One of the things I've always respected about your path on this is not only putting your own stamp on places, but being able to adapt, right? You hear these NFL coaching interviews and what is Jonathan Gannon talking about is matching our personnel to our system. You went to Eastern right after they had Cooper Cup and Coach Baldwin. That place was off and running before you got there, right? But you're coming in and you still got to be you. 
You go to North Texas with Coach Luttrell, they do what they do, but you still got to be you. And you've also gone into a place like Utah State and UNI where you really get to put your fingerprints on it with a defensive head coach. So tell me, as a young guy coming into the first Division One coordinator job to coming in a couple different versions of it, how have you been able to mold both situations? One is I think that the quarterback seat matters a lot. If you're taking over an offense that has an established quarterback, I think it's less about necessarily what they did, but what does he know and what's he comfortable doing? Because you don't want to change just for the sake of change. If this guy's already really good at something, there's tons of ways to skin a cat. So then how can you adapt your, I guess, verbiage for lack of a better word? Because I think that's where we're going with it, like words and, and things like that, like if you have an established starter, how can I get done what I want to do on offense and make him feel like nothing's changing? That is is mind trick. And then if you have more of a blank slate, then, all right, you can use, you know, the verbiage you want to do, but you better do what you know. And that's got me in trouble too. Like you're trying to match the success of people that had the seat before you. And then it becomes like a competition, like an ego game. Like I got to, well, this guy threw for 5,000 yards. How can, I, how can I throw for 550? Well, it better be by doing the things that you know how to do. So it's you can't get too far away from that home home base. For what you're saying is like, at the end of the day, you got to live with you. You get yeah. so many shots to, to actually get it done and take the success and the metrics out of it, Bodie. Like the wins and losses, the yardage, whatever. Like, where did you feel like you grew the most? Whether it was as a coach, as a person like where did you be like man I came in and came out of this situation so much better I would say uh ironically at Auburn so we were at Utah State in 2020 during the COVID season and Utah State made a change at the head coaching position so my wife and I were looking like all right what do we do and I had been lucky I had three coordinator jobs in Eastern Washington and North Texas and then going to Utah State was like all right do you do you jump back in or is this a sign that, all right, I better adapt or die in, in what I think I know is offensive football, right? And not just offensive football, but like teaching progressions and personality traits and testing. And how do we, you know, remold all this? So I had the opportunity to go to Auburn as an analyst and I, Mike Bobo was phenomenal. I mean, I learned so much from him and I kind of say three people as like my coaching, like, my look like these guys changed my outlook on things is Mike Gundy, Mike Hirsich, and Mike Bobo. And I love those guys to death and look up to them. And, but I had like an, a seven year run there of doing what I thought was great offensive football. And that was like the Oklahoma state stuff. Right. And playing fast and wheeling and dealing and whatever you close your eyes, you envision Oklahoma state football. Like that's what we were going to do. And then I got a chance to step back and take a breath. And I, now I'm going to take this analyst job and I'm going to go to the bottom of the food chain. I'm going to freaking make sure that there's coffee in the coffee pot and, and the trash is taken out and needs to be taken out. But I'm going to take every single note that I can, because if I can't steal anything from this experience and I've failed, if I'm just using it as a year to get back in, then I'm going to be right back in the same situation I was if I didn't grow. Well, what it allowed me to do was like, all right, here's what I know as offensive football and whether it's the spread, right? When we think of, and, and the RPOs of Oklahoma State and the tempo of Mike Yersich and those things. Well, how do you apply it to new wave stuff, right? And like, how do you how do you not look over the sideline? How can how can you teach the quarterback to check the runs? How can you let give the quarterback the protection so that he has a little bit more control? And then now it became a little bit more of like 
NFL ish, I would say, and I'm not a, I don't know much about that league, but what I would say now our offense is like, all right, whatever you see on Sundays, we're going to do it with Saturday flair, you know, and that's kind of, I guess, a small microcosm or a small example of what I would, I, I did, but I would say I grew the most at Auburn because I was willing to let go of whatever I thought I knew and all right, how do you apply it going forward? And, and let's throw away the stuff that has aged, I guess. Well, and I think that's a great touch point on the, the scheme and learning. And because, again, if you don't figure it out, somebody else will and you're going to get stuck in the old ways. How do you feel as being the guy in the chair that everyone's looking at in a meeting for three hours with the staff? You've come into multiple different staffs, learned multiple different people. How do you feel like you've delegated and grown as just someone who can make sure the ship's pointing in the right direction? Well, I think it goes back to do what you know and what you're comfortable with because I have been caught before, like trying to inherit schemes from a previous staff, or I like to say it's like YouTube installing, like, man, that was a cool play. Let's put it in, right? Or that the previous staff ran this scheme. We, we got to keep it. Well, I don't really know that scheme. More importantly, I don't know what hurts it, right? So I don't know the, the issues that surround it. So I think that you're creating some confidence within your staff if you're doing things that you know, so that when they have questions, you're able to answer them in a timely and accurate fashion. And it's not like, ah, oh, you're all looking around each other. Then you lose confidence, right, in each other. The second thing is, and it's been really hard for me, unfortunately or fortunately, I look at it, but I've been the coordinator at three different schools and been the youngest guy on staff. And that was hard because you want to make sure that you're being respectful of the guys that have done it a lot longer than you. But at the same time, I, you're the one that's having to live and die with these decisions and, and the production that's on the field. So I think it's that fine line of being able to stand up for what you believe in, but at the same time, giving those guys the leash that they deserve. I really believe that the best balance is to just do stuff that you know and don't try to step outside your box because then you're, you're creating gray. We're taking a quick timeout from Teachable Moments here, but don't hit that skip button because these 15 to 20 seconds here We'll save you some time in the future. Steve, tell us what you got going out to these high school and college programs with Teach Tapes. One sentence, Keith, it's pro football focus for drills, right? How do you do simpler, better, the things that you wish you had um, in those self-scouts from the winter, right? Footwork, aiming points, tackling, ball security, it's all trimmed up, cataloged. Anything you see on our Teach Tapes Twitter, it's the behind the scenes. It's the source of coming into your exos or huddle and making sure that it's available to your players in your cutups, right? That's what we've taken a lot of pride in is taking this open source information and making it digestible for the players because that's what they want to see is visuals of the guys they idolize and where they're trying to go. So happy to talk with anybody. Um, it's on teachtapes.org slash consulting. And we've been fortunate enough to work with Division One, One AA, Division Three, and some of the best high school programs in the country already. So let's get it going. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas State champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. 
So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Now, from a different side of it, I always joke with people, you can always tell who GA'd and who didn't just by how they operate within certain things. What is something that you just can't give up? Is it manipulating the call sheet? Is it the drawings? Is it the breakdowns, the drill library? Like, what is it that you still feel like, man, this is something that just keeps me sharp and I got to make sure this is dialed in for the right moments? Yeah, three things that I do that I feel like once a GA, always a GA, and I will never let these things go. One is the install video. I think that people would agree with me that kind of paper playbooks are going the way of the dinosaur and players are watching more tape. So we do an install video and I create it. I know what looks I want to show and what order we want to show them. So that's what our players watch. And that's what I like to be in charge of. The second thing is, is the call sheet because I have an order of an operation that I have to do it so I, I can memorize it. I have to write it first, like physically handwrite it. And then I got to type it and then I got to read it. And that's that's how I memorize the call sheet. So I I, I create the install video. I create the, the call sheet. And then the third thing is is kind of goofy, but I create all, I don't know if it's goofy or not, but I like I don't pass off any of my meetings to a like a GA or any like I create all, all the meeting slides. I create all the, the meeting clips for that because I think that time is of the essence when you come to a meeting. I don't believe in two hour long meetings. You know, I know quarterbacks, we get extra time, but we'll even just have quarterback walkthroughs and things like that. Cause I think that you can't have them in a chair that long. So if I know I'm going to try to get 45 minutes worth of information across, I want to know exactly what's going into it and do it my way. One step lower, right? Obviously no one can do it alone. And you've been at all these different places. We've been there. You understand it once in the mud, you know what it's like. How do you see one of the, one of my biggest pet peeves, Bobby is the convention GA clinic convention of just be a good boy and you'll all figure it out. Who is one of the best examples of that guy that you've seen at your different places? Like this is someone who is about their business, knows who they are, and then just wants to help. And you think they got a bright future. doesn't need to be someone in your building, but like, man, that's a guy that just carries himself the right way. I'd say Hayden Mace was a really good guy that I've had. Hayden was my graduate assistant at Eastern Washington. And then we were at I had a chance to hire him again at, at Utah State. He's went on. He was most recently the offense coordinator at Sioux Falls. And then now he's back at Eastern Washington as the O-line coach. But what I would say, the thing that I had, if I had to describe Hayden was everything that he touched got better. And I would say that it either came back better than what I expected or he found something within the organization that he could improve and made it better. And sometimes that comes with like you're not always coloring within the lines either. Like it takes, he wasn't afraid to use imagination and step out on a limb saying, I know of a, way, a better way to do this. And I'm, I'm talking about like everything from like where to freaking like put the paper, like where, where we keep all these reams of paper, like that type of stuff all the way down to like, Hey, like a zone scheme, you know, wherever it may be, like nothing was too big, nothing was too small, but everything that he touched got better and it was above and beyond expectation that that would just say, I would say that's, that's a good thing. It's like, it's that, it's that old, adage of if you're gonna flip burgers it better be the best burgers they've ever had right that was Hayden everything that he touched it was better than expected 
here's my last question, Bodie, because I know you got other things and keeping, you know, being respectful of your time, but not to like LeBron James write a letter to our younger self or anything, but like knowing what you know now, coming through all these different versions of Bodie Reader, the young guy, the old guy, the dad, what would you appreciate or just wish somebody else knew of those moments when you don't think it's getting noticed? When me and you were looking bleary, I'd be like, this is seriously what we got to do right now? Or this is the thing that's stopping me from doing what I really need to do right now? What would you say in just like that exhale moment of like, dude, you'll come out the other side and just keep figuring it out? (laughs) Man. All right. So when I felt, are you saying like when I felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, just, man, at some points, like you just got to laugh at yourself and be like, man, it's going to be all right. Like, because you're not the only one who thinks it, right? There's so many guys in there at at late at night trying to on a Wednesday or like, God, how am I going to get through the other side of this? All right. So one younger single life one and then one married life. So I took the job at Oklahoma State three days before fall camp. And, you know, you you tried to get I'm guilty. I'm guilty of of that change. So background, Bodie took over the offensive QC job when I left for another position. He literally moved (laughs) into my apartment and I had to move out so that he could move in. So keep rolling yeah. with the rest of the story. So yeah, I, I, I did not, I couldn't spell Vizio. I didn't know what it was. Background, in 2013, our last game of the year was against the University of Wisconsin River Falls. We won the game, it was Thanksgiving weekend. We were at River Falls and there's probably 50 people there. Just some of the parents came and maybe half the girlfriends were, were there to watch their guys play. My next game that I coached in, was in August of 2014, we played the defending national champions, Florida State, in the Jerry Dome. So big, big flip of occurrence there. Well, anyway, I got hired three days before fall camp, and you're teaching me Vizio, and I didn't know it existed. And then I'm going into fall camp, I'm doing these drawings. Well, one is I didn't know what the plays were, and then I'm drawing plays that I didn't know what they were. And I'm in there, I'm thinking, I have made a huge mistake. I have left... uh, position where I get to call the plays and I get to, you know, make some decisions to I'm in a completely foreign, not only foreign, like I can deal with moving around like different foreign state, but I'm not a computer guy. So what have I done? Well, what it did was it forced me to learn the offense better than I thought that I think that anybody knew it because I had to study it and I had to draw it and I had to make it so good that it was presentable to coaches and players. So I felt like I mastered that offense. Now, I thought I was never going to get out of that situation. I was going to get fired before the end of fall camp because I couldn't get, I wasn't going to get it done. But if you look about how the dominoes like work out, that ended up being the offense that I was going to run as a coordinator. That ended up being what I was going to call on Saturdays. And maybe that happened for a reason. I had to learn the ins and outs of it and everything about it so that I could call it you know, effectively one day. So looking back now, I do appreciate that time. And then the second one with my family is we moved to Texas after we went to the national championship game in 2018, Eastern Washington, we moved to Texas and I got the OC job at North Texas. And we started off really good. And then everyone's excuse, he had some injuries and didn't have the year that we wanted to have. Right. And the head coach let go of the defense coordinator and the offense coordinator after the year. We had just had a baby. We had just bought our first house. We lived three and a half miles from my my wife's parents in Flower Mound. 
I didn't think it'd get any worse than that, that point. But when you fast forward, it made us appreciate everything even more. It made us appreciate one happiness. And again, like, how do you strive for professional success within your own globe of what you deem happiness is? And two, what do we really need? As long as we have each other and we got our family, we got our kids now, two kids, we don't need a whole lot. And I think if you're into material possessions, you're probably in the wrong you know, professions. That shit's going to be on a moving truck a whole bunch. So I think that that was an eye opener as well. Bodie, let's wrap it up after that, man. It's putting a smile on my face because perspective's a hell of a thing, right? I mean, you look at those moments 10 years ago to now, the priorities are different, the goals are different, but just do it as well as you can is still the same, right? Yeah, that's right, man. Well, dude, I'll let you run. Thanks again, Bodie. All right, talk to you soon. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. So, Steve, when you look at this episode, and man, a ton of stuff here, but what did you draw out of it? What are some takeaways that really any coach can use? Bodie mentioned that sometimes you learn as much from those downward moments as you do from the rise. And he said, I had three straight coordinator jobs at different schools, and then I'm going back to being another guy in the support staff at Auburn. And he said, if I can't steal anything from this situation, then I've failed. Reevaluating, reassessing. I love what Bodie talked about, the three mics, Gundy, Yursich, and Bobo, of my offense was what you close your eyes and think of Oklahoma State, and then you, know, you put your flair on it. But don't be YouTube installing, right? You got to know where the issues are, what's the gray. And it's really great to stay with that growth mindset. But at the same time, he said, there's things that I can't give up install presentations, meetings, the slides, being really particular for the players. I think we can all resonate with that of like, what do you still need your fingerprints on? Like the nitty gritty, dirty work. And also his call sheet. Bodie wrote, he said, write it, type it, read it. It's really cool when you hear of what's important to get the process to the end game and how can you keep churning through that to not only refine it, but don't lose yourself in the process. I agree. And I think the the last and maybe the biggest takeaway, when you look at Bodie Reader and, and what he shared here, and, and obviously, as I said, you've, you've been a friend, you've stayed in touch, you know what's going on in life too. There's a lifestyle Bodie wants to live. There's a way he wants to do this. And so far, it seemed that he's not compromised that. I think the line was, don't mess with happiness. Don't try to out happy, happy. I've heard that from other people before. And what I really respect about Bodie's career is that he's not only adapted. You go into Eastern Washington, you go into North Texas, and you know what the deal is going to be, but be able to put your fingerprint on it and keep learning and, and try to make it the best version you can. So I'm not going to butter him up too much. He'll, he'll ride me for it later, but it's a good episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes and resources. In addition, we have articles and our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. Also sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.